This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. I was hoping to have John Trudell back on today to talk about more developments in Oregon, but he couldn't do it today. But next Wednesday, I'm going to have Victoria Taft, who is a uh, radio talk show host in Oregon and a columnist and a blogger and a very astute researcher. And she's going to come on and talk about that and talk about some other things that have happened in Oregon uh, that are really going to shake you to your core uh, when it comes to civil liberties and constitutional rights and being taken in this blue state and basically shredded. And uh, Ryan Bundy is in jail still. Uh, They will not let him see a lawyer. They will not bring him into court. They're just basically holding him as a political prisoner incognito. And there are about 50 other people being held the same way, and a couple of them are journalists. So we can see... And these federal prisons are being held in for the most part. So we can see where the federal government's going under Obama. And uh, But before I get into any more of that today, I want to ask everyone out there to pray for the people of Louisiana. Now, I'm an LSU graduate. I practiced law in Baton Rouge for 37 years before I moved to Texas back in 2000. I've got friends and family in Baton Rouge. And 20 parishes in Louisiana have been hit very hard by flooding. This is a disaster of unparalleled proportions. This is similar as as far as flooding goes. It's worse than what happened in Hurricane Katrina. The loss of life, thank God, has not been as great. But the loss of homes and everything has been devastating. The uh, parish of Livingston, for example, which is right next to Baton Rouge and and where I used to to go to practice law on occasion, I represented people out of Livingston Parish and had friends living out there, and 75% of the homes in that parish have been destroyed in this flood, and only about 20% of the homes throughout uh, the area, and we're talking about 40,000 homes that have either been severely damaged by flooding or have been totally destroyed. Only about 20% of them have flood insurance because this was not a predicted flood. This was not in the floodplain areas. In addition to the floodplain areas, this went far afield. They have never had water this high in recorded history in many areas of Louisiana. And it's not over yet. The water is now moving downstream in the Amy River and the bayous, and it's hitting uh, parishes and towns south of Baton Rouge, and parishes and towns north of Baton Rouge were already hit. You know, it's just, it's unbelievable. And I have had, like I said, friends and family who have lost everything. They are extremely upset in Louisiana about the fact that the national news media has virtually ignored this story. They were more interested in reporting on the Olympics. They were more interested in reporting on riots in Milwaukee. Because down in Baton Rouge, there were no riots going on. There was no severe looting going on. And uh, so it wasn't newsworthy. 
In fact, at, at one point, the only report being made of Louisiana floods was that some Hollywood actor who has a house in Baton Rouge, his house had been flooded. That was the important story as far as uh, they were concerned. And I, I heard about this uh, from people in, in Baton Rouge, and I thought, well, there's got to be better reporting than that. So I started looking it up. And as far as CNN goes, I could only find one mention of the flooding on the Internet. Now, they may have mentioned it in passing on, on some of the shows, but as far as a report on the Internet under CNN's headlines, there was only one mention of the flooding, and that was four days ago. Most of the networks are ignoring it. The people in Baton Rouge need help. The people in the surrounding parishes need help. We've got thousands of people right now who are living in shelters who have lost all their furniture, all their clothing, all their belongings, and they don't know where they're going to live from now on. So I encourage you to help out. I've already sent some money uh, to my daughter in Baton Rouge for her to use to buy people whatever they need, and I encourage you to do the same. Donate to the charities down there. Look particularly for charities, uh, church charities and local charities. I know here in Texas uh, there are a lot of people and a lot of things moving out of here. Uh, Dallas is, is opening up uh, shelters for about 3,000 people to come over because they, they shelters they have in Louisiana, the ones that haven't flooded, are very overcrowded. And church groups in Dallas have packed up truckloads of food and clothing and are sending it over there. There's a, a one church organization that has sent a portable kitchen over there. They're going to be preparing hot meals uh, for people who are uh, refugees because they don't even know when this water's going down. I mean, in some places it started to recede. In other places it's still rising. So this is a disaster of unparalleled proportions. And Please pray for the people in Baton Rouge. There are 11 people who have already lost their lives, but they suspect there are a lot more out there that they have not found yet because there are a lot of people missing. And uh, there are some people who are still trapped in their homes. The National Guard, the Coast Guard, and police and fire departments have conducted a total of 30,000 water rescues already. It's 30,000 people that have had been, been rescued from high water. So donate. The Red Cross, I know, is down there. I'm, I'm not, I've always been kind of iffy with the Red Cross. In a lot of ways, they're a good organization, but they, they spend a lot of money on salaries and overhead. But if that's the only place you can donate, give some money to the Red Cross. That's what they need right now more than anything is they need cash down there. They've got a good influx coming in of food and clothing and that sort of thing, but these people are going to need money to find some place to live, to make some repairs to their home so maybe they can be livable again, although many of them are not going to be. Right now, schools have been flooded. Schools in many of the parishes are closed. A little further notice could be indefinitely. The uh, 
several universities are temporarily closed, including LSU. Uh, they're not holding classes at the moment, although they, they hope to get back to it in the next week or two. But everybody's hurting. Literally, everybody's hurting. And the news media, well, you know, the blackout of the news media, as far as Louisiana goes, I mean, it's a red state. Yeah, they have a Democrat governor, but they've got uh, Republican senators, and they, there's no way that that state will vote for Hillary, I don't think, in the upcoming election. So, you know, they're just going to pretty much ignore it. Uh, the, the Democratic governor down there has asked that 20 parishes be declared federal disaster areas. And at this point, I don't think Obama's done anything. He has. I haven't heard about it. I don't think he's even mentioned what's happened in Louisiana. I don't think Hillary has mentioned what's happened in Louisiana. Hillary's more concerned right now with uh, pushing black for Black Lives Matter to be her primary campaign organization, apparently. Uh, that that seems to be her, her goal, her focus, is on that and attacking... Donald Trump's tax plan for helping the rich, while at the same time Hillary has come out, by the way, and said, oh, yes, I'm going to tax them, tax them up last, by the way. And, oh, yeah, I think we ought to raise payroll taxes. So, you know, typical tax and spend. But, of course, the media is focusing on anything Donald Trump says, focusing on Obama, anything he says, focusing on Joe Biden, focusing on the things that are being said good about Hillary and the people that are talking good about Hillary, but not focusing on Hillary herself, not focusing on the scandals, the lies, the repeated lies. So that's where the news media is. The news media is in the tank for Hillary Clinton, just like they've been in the tank for Obama. It's to the point now where they aren't even pretending to be unbiased. They are openly coming out and campaigning for Hillary Clinton. And they're covering up for Hillary Clinton, just like the Department of Justice. And Loretta Lynch is, Lynch is covering for Hillary Clinton. We had today or actually yesterday, a bunch of documents given by the FBI to members of Congress, including some of the emails that Hillary said she never sent, but the FBI has. And these are emails that some of them contain information that is so classified that members of Congress, some members of Congress, can't even see it because they don't have high enough classifications. Yet these are the documents that Hillary said she never sent, she never saw. There were no classified documents on her servers. But here they are. And the national news media is totally ignoring that story. Either that or they're protecting Hillary. And I've been watching the coverage. I've been watching... Fox News, for example, trying to question Hillary supporters about the email scandals, about the Clinton Foundation scandals. And 
you know, I've always referred to the, the Clinton or the Obama people as Obama bots because they don't seem to have an original thought of their own. They just repeat the party line. It's worse with Hillary Clinton. I mean, you have members of Congress coming on. You've got her campaign advisors coming on. You've got uh, members of the news media coming on. And basically, they are all saying exactly the same thing, which is nothing. They will not respond to questions about the scandals themselves. You ask them about Hillary's email scandal, they start talking about Donald Trump. You ask them about the Flynn Foundation, they start talking about Donald Trump. They're refusing to answer any questions regarding who this woman is that wants to be the President of the United States. And I, for one, am getting fed up with it. But it's just going to get worse. Because they are determined. And when I say they, I'm talking about the national news media, the liberal establishment, and even some Republicans who have now formed their usual circular firing squad, which they like to do during election time. They are determined to see Hillary elected President of the United States. We'll talk more about this after this break. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's web radio. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to America's Webradio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Now, when it comes to Hillary Clinton, the main thing we hear from the national news media is that she's leading Donald Trump in the polls, leading by massive margins in some places. Of course, it depends on which poll you look at as to how massive the margin is. When it comes to polls, frankly, I haven't trusted polling in years. I've seen too many times when uh, the polls were just absolutely dead wrong. And, you know, like 
going all the way back to Ronald Reagan. I mean, when Ronald Reagan was running for president in 1980, and I was on his campaign staff, he started off 25 points behind Jimmy Carter in the polls. Yet by election day, and he was still behind the polls on election day, election day he just destroyed Jimmy Carter. Overwhelmingly won the election. I don't know if that's what's going to happen this time with Donald Trump. Let's face it, he has a tendency to shoot himself in the foot. And I can't endorse anybody for president anyway, uh, because I'm executive director of a 501c3 organization. But I certainly cannot stomach the idea of Hillary Clinton being the president of the United States. I mean, here's a woman who lies about everything. And when they say she's a pathological liar, what that means is, and I've known people this, they will lie all the time about everything. They will even lie when the truth would serve their interests better, simply because they don't know how to tell the truth. Hillary and Bill Clinton have been lying to the American people for decades, and they get by with it. People are still lining up behind Hillary Clinton, still talking about how wonderful she is, the wonderful job she does for women, charities. So who are Hillary Clinton's big supporters? Who is she catering to here? Well, one of her biggest contributors is Planned Parenthood. So she's going to do everything she can to protect Planned Parenthood, make sure they continue to get taxpayer money, and make sure they continue to make a lot of money off of killing babies. Hillary Clinton has come out and praised the founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger. Called her one of the greatest women in history. Margaret Sanger was a racist. She was pushing abortion, in her own words, to eliminate the black race from this country. Because they were a drain on the nation, they were a drain on the world, they were subhuman, they did not des deserve to live. That's who Margaret Sanger was, and that's who Hillary Clinton's hero is. Hillary Clinton has chosen to favor Black Lives Matter, regardless of their violent rhetoric, their violent actions, the fact that they were primarily responsible for the rioting in Milwaukee the last few days. But she caters to them, and she kowtows to them, and she parrots what they want. But she, when it comes to the largest police union in the country, she refused to even ask for their endorsement. The head of the union called it a snub against all police officers. Well, Hillary Clinton feels the same way about police officers that Barack Obama does. They're all racist, even though the police officer in Milwaukee, who shot the armed thug with a criminal history of 13 prior arrests, 
police officer there was black. That doesn't matter to the black Obama. That doesn't matter to Hillary. What matters is that all police officers are bad. All criminals are good. And the criminals that are the best, the criminals that really need to be taken care of, are the terrorists, the Gitmo, Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Hillary Clinton fully supports the fact that the so-called President of the United States has just released 15 of the most dangerous terrorists in the world from Gitmo and sent them back to the Middle East. Despite the fact that it's a proven fact that thousands, not thousands, but several hundred, at least, of the terrorists that have been released. Many of them have gone back to fighting against the United States, against our allies, gone back to the field to try to kill American soldiers. Something like 30% of the ones that have been released. So you're looking at a significant percentage, and probably most of these 15 will be back in the battlefield going after American soldiers. Obama doesn't care. Hillary doesn't care. They're not going to fight ISIS. They won't even identify who ISIS is. Hillary refuses to acknowledge the danger that we're in from Islamic terrorists. She won't use the word Islamic terrorism. She won't use the word radical Islamic terrorism. You won't even use the term radicalism, as far as I know. She cares nothing about the defense of this country. And if you look at the history of her and Bill Clinton, what has been the overriding goal of these people throughout their history of so-called public service? That has been to use their positions to make money for themselves. Now, Hillary Clinton came out early in this campaign and said that when she and Bill got out of the White House, left the White House, they were dead, borrowed, broke, and heavily in debt. Now, they're worth $100 million, personally. That doesn't include the millions that are sitting in the Clinton Foundation, which are available for their use, their whim. By the way, all their expenses, for the most part, are paid by the foundation. And they pay their daughter $90,000 a year to basically do nothing. You know, and then Hillary walks around, goes around the country talking about the how horrible white privilege is. Well, they allowed their daughter to drop out of college and sort of pay their $90,000 a year, and they accuse you and I of white privilege. Hillary Clinton and her husband are worth $100 million. Now, how do you make $100 million when you're in public service? Well, Bill, Bill Clinton goes around making speeches while his wife is serving in the United States Senate and while she's Secretary of State and getting paid exorbitant amount for those speeches 
that she's when she's not the Secretary of State, she's also going around making speeches. Made one in India where she defended outsourcing of jobs from the United States to India. Paid thousands of dollars. outside right now. I'm hoping we don't lose everything here. But we're catching some of the rain now that's, that's coming up from the south. But she was paid several hundred thousand dollars for that speech. Bill gets paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. And the foundation collects millions of dollars from nations like Saudi Arabia where women are not just second-class citizens, but basically slaves. And uh, other countries, that treat women the same way. Other countries that mistreat Christians. They don't care. Give them the money. They don't care if you're a vicious dictator. They don't care if you um, treat your citizens like slaves. They don't care if there's gays can be executed in Saudi Arabia. That's all right. They're going to go around over here being the champion of gays, and everybody's going to nod their head and go, yeah, they, yeah, they are. And they'll be the champion of women, and everybody will nod their head, oh, yeah, yeah, they are. To ignore the fact that they're receiving millions of dollars through their foundation from these very governments. total hypocrisy. But it's all about the same thing, making money for the Clintons. And do you really think that's going to stop when she becomes President of the United States? The looting of the Treasury will then begin in earnest. And I can guarantee that. And like I said, Hillary Clinton has already called for massive tax increases on the American people. And massive spending. Spending, of course, on things that she wants the money spent on to help her constituency. She wants to give out more free stuff. She wants to increase the number of people on Social Security by making letting people get on earlier. Despite the fact that the Social Security Administration is running out of money. In a few years, we'll be flat broke. Hillary wants to increase spending or infrastructure, which means roads and bridges and that sort of thing. And she wants to do that by increasing taxes to pay for it and running up the national debt to pay for it. And it'll end up probably like Obama's stimulus. Remember when we first got into office? Millions of dollars are going to be spent on infrastructure, shovel-ready jobs. Most of that money went in the pockets of corporations that had donated to the Obama campaign of the Democratic Party, some of which later went bankrupt, and but it didn't cost the principals anything because they had federally guaranteed loans to protect them. The money didn't create any jobs to speak of at all. 
the money went in the tag to the pockets of large donors to the Democratic Party. That's the same game that Hillary Clinton will play. And it's the same game she was playing as Secretary of State and violating the law repeatedly while doing so. Let's take our second break now. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Are your health insurance premiums going up? You are not alone. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org to understand why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. This is Grace Marie Turner, President of the Galen Institute. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. The fact of the matter is is that Bill and Hillary Clinton are career criminals. I mean, they have stolen from the American people. They have lied to the American people. They have misused their positions as President of the United States, as U.S. Senator, and then the Secretary of State to enrich themselves, and they continue to do it and will continue to do it. I mean, that's the bottom line. I was a military intelligence officer in the United States Army Reserve. I had a top-secret security clearance. That meant that I had to safeguard our country's secrets and our military secrets. And failure to do so would have resulted in me being court-martialed, at the very least, receiving a dishonorable discharge from the Army, at the very least, possibly even going to jail. Hillary Clinton, in order to hide her business dealings, to hide her illegal activities in getting money from foreign governments and foreign corporations and foreign investors, and also domestic investors and corporations in order to hide that that fact from the American people and from the rest of the State Department presumably she set up 
several private servers in violation of the agreement she signed when she became Secretary of State to safeguard all the intelligence, all the secrets, all the things that the Secretary of State deals with. She decided not to fulfill that obligation. She set up these private servers. We now know that she sent out and received emails, many of which probably dealt with intelligence sources that we have around the country, around the world, and may have gotten some people killed. Probably got Chris Stevens and the other three Americans killed in Benghazi because all the information that was being sent around included, presumably, since it was on everything was going through a private server, none of this was going through the regular email channels, the secure channels. Presumably, there was discussions on, about his itinerary, where he was going to be on a given day. Remember, despite the fact that she lied to the Benghazi families and she lied to the American people, and Obama lied to the American people, and Susan Reiser lied to the American people, and all of the Democrats basically lied to the American people for two weeks after Benghazi took place. We know this wasn't a result of some video. We know this was a well-planned, coordinated a terrorist attack designed to kill or kidnap the ambassador. I mean, that's a fact. If I had been in the military and I had been assigned to guard Chris Stevens and I had sent out an email on an unsecure system reporting what his itinerary was going to be, I'd be in jail right now, and rightly so. Hillary... Good old Teflon Hillary, just like Teflon Obama. Nothing sticks to them. That's because they are covered by the Obama bots and the Hillary bots out there, members of the Democrats in Congress, liberal news media, the Hollywood elite, all of who want Hillary elected president because that way they can continue with their goal of destroying the Constitutional Republic that is the United States of America. That's been Obama's goal from the beginning. That's been Hillary's goal for years. All they care about, and I'm talking about all the elitists out there, is the fact that they think the rest of us are just unwashed masses. And we're too stupid to be able to handle our own affairs. We're too stupid to be able to spend our own money. We're too stupid to know what's good for us. And we're certainly too stupid to be allowed to own a gun and too stupid to be allowed to have free speech or freedom of religion or be part of a free press, for that matter. That's the philosophy. That's what we're dealing with. And that's who these people are. And they are going to lie, cheat, steal, do whatever is necessary to make their dream of a socialist republic 
socialist utopia in the United States come true. I've written a new novel called Rag, and people are, are looking at that, reading that, that patriotic novel and going, you're describing exactly what's happening right now in this country, and you're describing the probable outcome if it continues. And then you're describing what you hope will happen after that. And if you look at Amazon, you look at some of the interviews or reviews that have been written about the book, people are saying that they can't put it down. That it's a very frightening but also hopeful scenario. And by the way, it, it's on sale right now, the paperback version. The digital version will be out shortly. But there's paperback and hardback version on sale right now through my website at www.michaelconnelly.com. Uh, or you can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it on Barnes & Noble. In fact, the paperback version is on sale right now on both those sites. So if you want a copy of the book, that will be a good time to buy it. If you want a copy signed by me, then you need to go through my website, and you can find out how to mail in a check there, or you can pay for it through PayPal. But I wrote that book. I actually had the concept in, in my head several years ago, and I, I saw what was happening to our country. I saw where we were going. I think I, I penned the first chapter of the book right after Obama was elected president, and then I said, just sort of laid it aside. And everything kept developing right along the scenarios that I had been thinking about, that I had been fearing. And that made me, about a year ago, decide i got to sit down, i got to write this book. And as I wrote it, more and more of the things that I had predicted years ago when I outlined it, were coming true. More and more, the American people were losing their freedoms. And we're still losing our freedoms. I'm going to blow my own horn here. I think this book is important for people to read prior to this election. Because I think there's some people out there who will wake up and show how dangerous the situation is that we're in you got the elites out there. you got the establishment Democrats. you got the establishment Republicans. And by the way, I'm so disgusted right now with them that uh, you know many of them that are calling basically for Hillary to be elected. Knowing full well what she will do. She will appoint Supreme Court justices that will take away our freedom of speech. Take away our freedom of religion. Take away our right to keep and bear arms. They know she will do that. She has said she will do that. She has vowed to destroy the NRA. She has vowed to ban handguns, private ownership of handguns. She's told them what they're going to do, what she's going to do. And they're saying, okay, that's all right, that's all right. As long as you let us continue to be in a position of power within the Republican Party where we can collect money and, and do the things that we need to do to help ourselves 
we will allow you to destroy the Constitutional Republic, to destroy the freedoms of our constituents, because they're too dumb to know what's even happening. That's their philosophy. That you and I are too dumb to know what's really going on. And that's why just recently I had some people order another hundred copies of my booklet on the Constitution. Because in that booklet, I talk about what's going on. I talk about the real Constitution. I take each article, each amendment, each section of the Constitution. I put it down the way it was originally written. And then I put in my comments about what it really means. And I put in something else very important, which is in the Constitution. It's always been in the Constitution, but guess what? In a lot of textbooks these days, you can't find it. Even if they put the Constitution in there, or they put the Bill of Rights in there in the textbook, they don't put in the preamble to the Bill of Rights. Now, I'm sure this is not the case in most schools today, but when I was in school, I had memorized the preamble of the Constitution. I had to get up and recite it in front of the class. I mean, that was how important it was considered at that time. Just like I had to memorize the Declaration of Independence. For the beginning of it, anyway. It was that important. But most people do not realize that there is, in fact, a preamble to the Bill of Rights. And what's it all about? Well, it basically says, and it's a warning to the federal government by the founders of this country, the people who are developing this Constitution. They knew the stakes. They knew that they were doing something that had never been done before. They were forming an entirely new type of government. They did not know if it would be successful. They were afraid it might degenerate into tyranny, either by an individual or by a group of people. That's the reason they did things like put in the Second Amendment, so the American people would have the right to keep and bear arms, could rise up and fight against any tyrannical government, just like they had just done against the British Empire. And so what they did when they did the Bill of Rights, first ten amendments of the Constitution, they did a preamble that basically told the future leaders of the federal government that these rights are not given to the people by you. Because they understood that if they acknowledged in any way that these rights were given by, to the people by the federal government, then they were acknowledging the federal government to take the rights away. And these were considered our inalienable rights. These were considered God-given rights that everyone was entitled to. So they put in the preamble to the Bill of Rights and basically said, don't mess with this. You can't touch this. This belongs to us. But let's take our final break now. The United States Justice Foundation since 1979 has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at 
www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to America's Webradio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Before the break, I was talking about the preamble of the Bill of Rights and how important it is. And you need to look that up and read it for yourselves. And... As I keep saying on this show and on other interviews I do and speeches that I make around the country, and by the way, I'm, I'm available to make speeches, particularly here in Texas, uh, all over the state, and uh, we usually draw good crowds and get a good response when we make the speeches. So if you are interested, contact me directly is the best way to do it at uh, michael at usjfmail.net. It's michael at usjf, the United States Justice Foundation. USJF Mail, M-A-I-L dot net. And let me know when you'd like to have me speak, and uh, I'll try to work it into my schedule. I'm going to be doing a lot of it, it looks like, between now and the election. And I'll be talking about the importance of this election, because it is extremely important. The preamble to the Bill of Rights says it all. Our founding fathers were afraid of the government they were creating. And we have every reason now to be afraid of the people in our government, what they're about to do. And I'm not, as I pointed out, I'm not talking about just the liberal Democrats or the progressives in Hollywood or the far-left news media. I'm talking about people that supposedly represent conservatism, supposedly represent the Constitution. I'm talking about some establishment Republicans. Look at what's happened to our Constitution just in the last couple of years and has been acquiesced to by Republicans' leadership in both the House and then in the Senate when the Republicans took control of the Senate. The President of the United States can only enforce an international treaty 
after it has been ratified by two-thirds of the United States Senate. He can sign a treaty, but he can't enforce the treaty. The treaty has no effect until it's ratified by two-thirds of the U.S. Senate. Obama has signed and is implementing, by spending millions of American taxpayer dollars, the Climate Control Treaty adopted by the U.N. and signed by the United States. He has never submitted it to the U.S. Senate for ratification, and he's enforcing it. He's had John Kerry sign the U.N. Small Arms Treaty. He's never submitted it to the United States Senate, yet he's already enforcing it. His most recent action being an executive order, which basically puts the restrictions in the treaty on gunsmiths in this country. Now, in the treaty, there's supposed to be gunsmiths who make parts for guns and make firearms, manufacture firearms for sale in other nations. Obama's executive order, which makes two things they're illegal. Number one, he has never submitted the treaty to the Senate. Number two, he doesn't have the constitutional authority to issue an executive order like that, but he's not it. And it will basically put gunsmiths, many of whom operate out of their homes. They don't sell anything internationally. They, they fix their neighbors' uh, firearms, broken firearms. They fix friends' firearms. And uh, they make a little money doing it. They are now going to be so heavily regulated and have spent so much money just filling out forms and paperwork and paying fees to the federal government and even the United Nations that they're going to be put out of business. That's another way of implementing the U.N. Treaty. And then, of course, we have the Iran Treaty. And that is probably the most glaring example of the fact that we're being betrayed by so many people in our own government. The Iran Treaty gave Iran $1.5 billion of money that we had seized from them in the past because they are the primary state-sponsored terrorism around the world. If Back when Jimmy Carter was president, they took scores of Americans hostage in our own embassy and held them there for over 300 days until Ronald Reagan took office and they knew that he was basically going to, he told them, you know, release our people or I'm going to turn Iran into a parking lot. And the planes were actually in the air. Today he was being inaugurated and Iran released the hostages. Now they're developing nuclear weapons. And by the way, this has not made the national news, but in the last couple of days, uh, the Obama administration has gone ahead and approved uh, for Iran to, to develop two nuclear reactors, nuclear power plants, which, of course, is just one step away from developing nuclear weapons. And despite the fact that Iran violates the terms of the treaty, it's never been called a treaty. It's never been submitted to the United States Senate for ratification. 
and the leader in the United States Senate and in the U.S. House of Representatives told Obama that that was okay. Now, see, they should have been raising pain about every treaty he signed and never submitted to the Senate. They should have been filing suit. <laughs> I, I urge members of the Senate to file suit right after he took office when he violated the Constitution by appointing 45 czars to head their own little departments in the government without getting them approved by the Senate, by a majority vote of the Senate, which is required under the Constitution. Yet I couldn't get any senator interested in protecting my rights and your rights and truly representing us. And then they turn around with this Iranian treaty, and they tell Obama that not only does he not have to submit it to the Senate for two-thirds of ratification, he could submit it to the entire Congress for a negative vote only. And then, if Congress voted it down, he could veto this negative vote, and it would take two-thirds or three-quarters of each house, house to override the veto. Now, that's a violation of the Constitution on two grounds. Number one, the Senate's supposed to ratify such treaties. Number two, Article 1, Section 7 of the Constitution says that the President of the United States can veto legislation passed by Congress. And then the Congress can try to override that veto, which is very difficult to do. It does not say, Article 1, Section 7 of the Constitution does not say that the President can veto a negative vote by the Congress. In other words, Congress votes against a law, does not pass a law, and the President can come in and say, well, I want that law anyway, so I'm going to veto your negative vote and make it a positive vote, and now two-thirds of each House is going to have to come in and override my veto. That's not what the Constitution provides for, but that's what the Republican leadership of the Constitution agreed to, which opens the door for Hillary Clinton to run amok if she's elected president. So if you want to get a copy of my book of our Constitution, you can only get that through my website at michaelcommelly.jigsy.com or through my website, www.constitution.jigsy.com. And pretty soon I'm looking at going ahead and putting it online, digital. But uh, in the meantime, you can order copies for like $6 a piece, a little pocket size that you can carry in your pocket. You can hand them out, order extra copies, hand them out for friends, your kids, give them to, go to schools, uh, several organizations award hundreds of copies to do just that. But we need to get the word out. Get people to listen to this show. Remember, next week I'm going to have a very special guest on, Victoria Taft, from Oregon, a radio talk show host up there, a commentator, who keeps up with what's happening in Oregon. And what's happening in Oregon right now is almost a microcosm of what I talk about in my book, The Rag. It's almost identical to the scenario I lay out, and is real. 
It's not fiction, like in my book. This, my patriotic novel is unfortunately mirroring what is actually happening in our country today. And again, right now it's on sale on Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble both, where you can order a copy through my website. Get the word out. Get people to start listening to this show. It's archived, so they can listen to it virtually anytime. And go to my blog at www.michaelconnelly.jigsy.com. Get people to read the things I've read about on the blog, because what I talk about is our Constitution. Thank you for listening in today, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.